Hi there, you are listening to Saved by the Spell, a DIY podcast featuring witchy tips, psychic insight, and advice about what's going on in the astro, sex, love, money, and everyday stuff for you and me. I am your host, Marcella Kroll, and you're listening to episode 29. So I want to say a big shout out to all of you guys who have been so positive and so supportive um, in the last you know, few weeks specifically inquiring how I'm doing and just checking in. I know I haven't been that consistent with recording. I do want to say that um, it's been really kind of challenging to record and kind of just be enthusiastic uh, the last few months with the state of the world. For one, that's been hugely weighing on my mind and I don't even know how to dive into the tragedies that have been happening so I'm going not going to but I am going to say that I would like to offer support and advice in terms of assistance you know um, via my readings and if any of you are needing additional support and you would like to book an appointment with me online on my website marcellacroll.com you can do so and please uh, use the code frogtown, all one word, uh, in the checkout, and that will give you a 20% off if you would like to, um, get some support and, you know, have a little break on the cost part of it. Yeah. And, um, I hope that I can offer some insight into maybe, you know, getting you directed and, you know, and helping you kind of shoulder some, uh, of some of the grief that you might be experiencing if you're empathic or just, you know, gosh, a human and aware. And yeah. So the other thing I, I wanted to mention was, um, the, you know, I am currently dealing with some health stuff and the health world is so insane when you, you are a person going through, unidentifiable (laughs) ailments and fatigue and being constantly exhausted and the doctors are ignoring all of your, you know, requests. Um, I, I've basically been a lab rat, you know, for the last couple of months on top of dealing with like just mentally not being able to handle my own shit and inadvertently, you know, pushing people that I care about away or, you know, uh, not being able to be supportive for other people as well in the capacity that maybe they're used to. So that upsets them as well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's been a challenge, um, you know, without getting too deep into it, they did find I have a genetic mutation that affects the way I process certain things. I've also been suffering from some major sleep issues and getting my internal clock set. And then on top of my eating disorder kind of hit me full head on until I was like forced to face and deal with it. And then on top of that, they found a mass in my uterus, which I just had biopsied and checked out. And um, so far so good. I've got another week of waiting for some results, but yeah, it's been pretty challenging. (laughs) So um, I really wanted to you know, be clear and transparent with you guys about where I'm at so that you understand that it's not personal. If, um, it's been hard for me to get back to you or to respond, it's just, I've been internally dealing with this stuff. And, um, 
I think it is part of the ascension process, quite frankly. I think we're all in this place of really having things come to a head because we cannot proceed with any of these like low frequency issues anymore um, in terms of our own uh, habitual kind of crutches, you know? So yeah, so we're all being called to arms to be our own champions is the way I'm looking at it. And you might find that you're going through major changes in your social circles with friends, with people, loved ones that you thought might be there for the long haul. And you're realizing that you both have your own healing to do. And, you know, you have um, your own journeys to take because you have your own missions. And it's really important to let these situations go gracefully and not get hung up on trying to um, hang on to them out of a egotistical need or desire you know, to just have something to have and be fond of what has happened. And, you know, maybe you'll circle around again, but in it, it can be a pretty grief stricken time to go through these processes, especially if you're feeling alone. Um, I really want you to try to take the time to nourish your own well-being and your spirit and reach out to you know, people who do have the space and, you know, be there for people if you do have the space and you can empathize, that's really key. The other thing to talk about during this time is the importance of setting, you know, proper boundaries whenever you're working any kind of um, magic or intention practice, or if you're feeling like the energy is a little intense and you're dealing with a lot of combative or lower frequency stuff, it doesn't mean that you have to hide in your personal cave or that you can't function in society. A lot of us have to go to work or we have to be out in the world. So it's really important to check in with our psychic self-protection. I wrote a little chapter about it um, in my zine, Cutting the Cord, and I just want to touch on that now um, about, you know, the importance of being able to take care of ourselves for those of you who haven't read this part or this, you know, read the zine, but it's, it's not meant to make you feel unsafe or make you feel nervous about being out in the world, but it is about um, not getting your honors energy zapped or drained or hooked by negative uh, emotions or feelings because someone might um, not be in the present space to, to deal with what you're saying, or it could be a flat out, like negative energy directed at you, whether it's someone that just doesn't like the look of your face or, you know, you accidentally did something out of mindlessness and you cut them off or, um, you know, you just, you want to be protected and kind of simmer down any anxiety that might get triggered within you. Um, because of um, misguided or misdirected anger, you know, or maybe someone has jealousy because they see things in your life and they assume that all is perfect for you and, and they're feeling some resentment. There, there's lots of ways we can feel psychic attack. Um, you know, uh, usually it's through other people's fears. And you have to remember you're responsible for your own um, endeavors and reactions. So if you are finding yourself negatively you know, kind of shooting arrows at someone or because you're assuming something, I want you to just kind of take a deep breath in and disconnect and, you know, you can forgive yourself and, you know, and also uh, kind of look at the situation and remember we all have our own journey. So 
If you are interested in, you know, psychically protecting yourself or maybe your work because it's in like the baby stages or the incubation stages, you know, um, there's a few ways to do it. I'm just going to list off some quick tips or if you feel like you've been feeling funky because maybe you energetically have felt um, attacked. First and immediate thing, uh, you, I would like you to do smudge yourself and your environment, you know, clear your energy. Um, in the spaces that you hold, you know, you can smudge or cleanse your car, you know, or whatever, um, modes of transportation. Um, I have friends that, you know, cleanse their motorcycles, you know, it's just like you, um, clear anything of any lower frequency energies. You can use sage, uh, or Palo Santo or mugwort or lavender, whatever you prefer. Um, they each have their different vibrations. So you might want to research into that first. Uh, I always go to sage typically or Palo Santo. You can also put a line of sea salt across the threshold of your front door or in your windows. This will also help banish and clear, um, any energy that's lingering. I personally love to add basil, uh, to meals. You can put it in the bath or again, you can put a basil plant by your front door that protects and keeps negative energy out. So you can take, um, you know, a magical bath or a shower with your favorite essential oil and other oil that, uh, isn't used that primarily or predominantly, but it is really great for clearing is eucalyptus or camphor. So if you want to put like white camphor is powerful stuff. Um, if you want to put a couple of drops of white camphor oil in the shower or the bath, and this will really help. Um, basically I call it like an exorcism oil. It just banishes, you know, negative energy right out the park. So you want to try that. If you're into candle magic, you can use a black candle for banishing and a white candle for protection. You can hold the image of the negative energy leaving you as you light the black candle and then hold the image of a protective shield of light around you as you light the white candle. Now remember, do this in the, sp the way of sacred space. Call on the directions, your guides, whatever um, energies that you work with and feel surrounded and protected by. And don't forget to thank them. So yeah, I... There's a flying object going overhead. If only it was a UFO to come in and drop in and say, I'm going to be your third nominee for the presidential election. <laughs> but that's a whole other topic that I'm not going to get into. <laughs> so one of the things that I also wanted to mention um, is... I'm working on some projects too. That's what's also been keeping me kind of away from recording. And it includes writing a book. And this book is a series of short stories and some fables and lessons. And they are based on my life and, you know, things that I've learned. And so I thought it would be fun to share one with you, especially this one because of the nature of it. And it's going to be this uh, fall is going to be eight years that I have been working professionally as a psychic and intuitive tarot reader and teacher. So, yeah, and this is pretty much like the story that happened before that happened. <laughs> like, um, and uh, 
I keep calling it the devil made me do it or city of angels and the devil because it's my experience with what I believe the devil to be. So yeah, I thought it would be fun to read it to you guys like your own little bedtime story. So um, I hope you don't mind me sharing. And this is um, people keep asking me for little glimpses of into my life. So here is one. I'm going to read it to you now. And um, yeah, so here we go. I have been homeless three times in Los Angeles, the longest stretch being a three month period in which I began dating a creep that I affectionately nicknamed the thin white Duke. We met in a classic cinematic moment at a party in the Hollywood Hills. It was a warm night and the home which resembled the castle belonged to some music producer that I was supposed to know or care about. The group of friends I was with arrived on the invite of a friend of the owner and took me along. The music was loud, the place was lit with candles, lanterns, and the bar was open for all to partake. As I made my way up the spiral staircase to witness an S&M show happening, I brushed past him. He was sketchy as all hell and giving a muscled man in his tidy whiteies a bump of blow off of a key ring of keys. He looked directly into my eyes and in his English accent gave me a side smile and said, well, aren't you a lovely bird? Hook, line, and sinker, his compliment had some kind of energy in it that reverberated through my entire body. I was quickly grabbed by the arm by a friend who pulled me the rest of the way up the stairs. We watched, rejoiced, cackled, and danced our way through the night on free booze and the sexual energy being pumped through the palace. At some point, I made my way outside to smoke a cigarette. Lo and behold, the mysterious bloke who stung me with his words was out there too. He beelined right over and asked me for a light. Chit-chat turned into going back inside and finding seats upon two throne-like chairs by a roaring fireplace. Not too deep into the conversation and him telling me tales of his successes as a writer and the director, it occurred to me that he was high as a kite on cocaine and actually a full-time drug dealer. A few people came up and interrupted during this time, but I didn't mind. He was the life of the party. He, after all, had the drug supply for the whole party tucked inside his fancy jacket. He gave me a sample and I snorted back into my old teenage ways without any hesitation. After a few more moments of suitable business transactions and small talk, we snuck out. It was thrilling, escaping from our lives for the moment. Then escape turned into a full-blown relapse like I never took 14 years off to be clean and sober. I spent three months in a haze, bouncing from couch to couch, living in my car, spending some nights at the thin white Duke swank Hollywood condo. Our relationship was never demanding. We knew what the fair exchange rate was. He was never affectionate, and I was just fine with that. Typically cool, calm, and collected, he alarmed and surprised me one morning. After a night of binging on alcohol, ecstasy, and blow, we both lay in bed staring at the ceiling as he replayed the, ba- the night back in his words. He reached his hand to mine and he turned to me. Wait a minute, he is not a hand holder. As he turned to face me, bells or rather alarms rang out as I saw his face morph into a demonic entity. This was the devil running through him. I recoiled and quickly gathered my things and I said, oh, I- I'm sorry, I really do have to go. He was confused and insulted, walked me to my car and trying to convince me to stay or at least come back later. The autopilot mode went on and 
in that moment, I felt the come down or the crash of reality. This wasn't the first time I thought about suicide, but I felt utterly hopeless. I fled from his place, a.k.a. Hades, with the feeling of doom in my bones. As I made my way down Franklin Avenue, I knew I had to do it. So just in front of the Celebrity Scientology Center, I drove off the road and on purpose and right towards a tree. To much of my disappointment, I hit something on the curb and it literally bounced my car back onto the sidewalk. I missed and was now screaming, I can't even kill myself right. In a desperate attempt to figure out how to do it proper, I called a friend whose couch I frequented a lot during that time. She went off to work, and I sat there with the curtains drawn, screaming at God, Why are you keeping me here? What the fuck is the point? Take me out already. I'm done. In that moment, I felt an energy shift in the room. And before me stood the presence what appeared to be an angel. I, I must be hallucinating. God damn it, these drugs, I muttered aloud as I rubbed my eyes to adjust my vision. The presence of this being was so mighty, massive, and filled the space with a light so bright my eyes could barely stay open. I felt its wings wrap around me and then a surge of energy starting somewhere below my feet traveling upwards through to the top of my head. The force was so strong I passed out. Many hours later I awoke half you know, uh, on the floor draped over the ottoman. It was dark outside and the passing of cars was the only sounds nearby. I should have felt like death warmed over, but I didn't. In fact, there was something in me that felt more alive than ever. I have physically never felt better in my life. That week, I found a room for rent and was given a job at a new metaphysical shop where I could do readings, tarot readings, full time. Life was giving me another chance. The battle of good and evil was always fascinating in theory. Before that day, the existence of angels was only something that seemed like a nice story about spirits that found their way to the other side, and the devil always seemed like an excuse for another's bad behavior. Suddenly, it was no longer fiction but a reference, albeit one that made me question my sanity for some time. Still, it created a sense of gratitude in me and a new perspective, that truly anything is possible. I never spoke to the Duke again, but I have met him and his opportunities many times in many forms. And just as angels may be our supportive cheerleaders in good times and in times of strife, I always look at the devil as your own personal energy vampire. Whatever you're afraid of, obsessive about, chasing in circles or distracted by, the devil is in actuality just devil's advocate, really. The extra slice of chocolate cake going down the rabbit hole on the internet looking for things to feel bad about or anything that really just keeps us from ascension. I like to think of the devil as our teacher that is the biggest asshole in the room, the lesson we have to meet. And like coyote medicine, he teaches us that when we learn to laugh at our antics, we can free ourselves from self-imposed obsessions or limitations. Thank you all for listening. It's been a pleasure to share a little excerpt of my life and writing with you. I hope to be back recording again soon. And I'm wishing you all well and beautiful love and psychic protection that embraces you, that cares for you.
that honors your divinity and your safety. May you all be free. May we all be in gratitude and feel the effects of your good work in everything that you do. Blessed be.